Welcome back to Zealous Talks. We're back with our second talk on God-centeredness and it's called Ransomed by Grace. Speaking to us is Pastor Ninath and we hope it really encourages you. So I'm just going to dive in and continue uh, God-centeredness. That's the first value we started off. If you remember some of the things that we discussed, we kind of closed off on the part of realizing the value of not just visiting the presence of God or not just visiting churches or not just visiting different places, but what it means for you and me to abide in Christ. Do you remember that one? Right? So today we're going to just look into uh, a part of the scripture that is, that is possibly we've not touched for a while, but Jesus had this, had this crazy disciple called Peter. How many of you know that? And the reason I say crazy is because sometimes he did crazy things, right? And, and he was so impulsive. I, I always like to take a dig at Peter because he's not here to tell me anything, so I can do that. You know, I mean, the guy in the, not our friend Pete, uh, the guy in the Bible, all right? Uh, Pete is also not here, right? Okay, so I can take a dig at him too. But, okay, for coming back, we're going to be looking into 1 into Peter, and we're going to be talking about a few uh, things that we're going to, from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 to 21. Can we all turn our Bibles to first 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 onwards? We're reading from the Passion Translation. And this is what he's writing to, to some of the communities that were there during that time. So then, prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. Can everybody say a greater measure? No, no, that didn't sound convincing. A greater measure. A greater measure of grace will be, will be released to you. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you did not know better. Instead, Shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For the scripture says, you are to be holy because I am holy. Since you call on Him as your heavenly Father, the impartial judge who judges according to each one's works, live each day with the holy awe and reverence throughout your time on earth. Not just Sundays, throughout your time on earth. For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ who like a spotless, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. This was part of God's plan. For he was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid. For he has been made manifest in these last days for you. It is through him that you now believe in God. Who raised him from the dead and glorified him so that you would fasten your faith and hope in God alone. Amen. Let's just pray. God, we want to thank you for this time. We want to thank you for your word. We pray, God, even as we dive into this word, Holy Spirit, that you would enable us to keep our hearts, our minds, our spirits active. 
and, and willing to receive what you want us to receive, God. I, I give my thoughts, I give everything that we have prepared for this evening into your mighty hands. Take the lead and help us through this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the topic that I titled for this evening called Ransomed by Grace. Ransomed by Grace. You know, uh, I told you this, this, this is Peter who is addressing, who is writing this letter to the folks out there. And he's been telling that he's been writing to the churches during that time. Now, for, for those of you who don't know the background, this, this letter was coming to a time to the, to the churches when they were facing some crazy persecution. Some of their faiths were, were kind of, you know, not, not in the best place. Some of them were feeling really excited about their faith. Some of them were not convinced about their faith at all. Some of their faiths was like, you know, dying out. And at that time, Peter is writing to these guys. And, and Peter is kind of setting this up, the first chapter, he's kind of setting it up in a way that because he wanted them to understand that what is actually happened with them or what is actually happening with them is not just coincidence, but this has always been the plan of God. I want you and me to realize that even as we dive into these core values, this is not by coincidence that the timing of these core values, we are, we are journeying it at like, you know, we didn't have anything else to do, so we kind of dived into this. I fully believe in my heart that this is the right time for you and me to dive into the series of our core values because what God is about to do through your life and through my life and through our collective lives together is not by coincidence. It's for a time like this. Where a time where people are losing hope. A time where people have no sense of purpose. A time where people are looking for the truth but are landing with substitutes. A, peop a time where people are looking for the authentic, for the real, but are, are have to settle with something that is fake, something that is so fragile and something that is so temporary. At a time like this, zealous, you and me are there not to just exist, but to bring the reality of God, the truth of Jesus in our daily lives. But I want to kind of go back into this and just help all of us understand. And I just want to put it out. I, usually I keep this for the end. So, and I, I love to build it up, but I just want to give it out there right now. I want to help us through this passage to understand three simple steps to live a God-centered life. Is that okay? Yes. I want to talk to you about that. Three steps. Can everybody say three steps? Yes. Now, sometimes, I don't know if you have ever felt this, but every time I heard the word holiness, I wanted to run away from that conversation. Anybody? Who felt that way? Oh, you guys are too holy, man. Yeah, how, right? Yeah, because, because sometimes the word is so creepy. Be holy for I am holy. Yeah, like that one line, like how do we put it into action, right? Like do, do I need to dress up with the, like the, how the priests dress up? You know, I think I shared this with you. We hosted the last pizza party and one of the kids from, from one of the colleges walked up to me. Benji, you remember this, right? So I was wearing shorts and we kind of came in for the pizza party and he's like, wait, I have a question for you. I was like, yes. You are the pastor of, of Zealous. I was like, yeah. Are you allowed to wear shorts? I was like, okay, who do I ask permission? 
like no but aren't priests supposed to be dressed up in like a very formal attire and everything as like uh, i think maybe i don't know but this is this is who i am and and i won't blame him because i don't know what what idea of church was communicated to him but i believe church is not about you know being serious all the time a relationship with christ is not always boring and and the same way a life of holiness is not always impossible anybody up to take up the challenge of living a life of holiness because if we are truly to be a community that is god centered i want to tell you christ has to be at our core right. otherwise it's not going to be possible it it's not going to be possible because then you want to do it in your own strength and we can never do this in our own strength so i thought anybody seen karate kid i mean not the recent one okay i'm talking about the original karate kid i asked this question to my wife and she's like yeah i've seen the one with with jackie chan i was like no that is not the karate kid i mean that is not even comes that does not even come close to the original movie because if you saw the original movie you you're like inspired like i was so i, know, I was i don't know if you remember that part of the karate kid where mr miyagi and daniel and he calls him daniel san right you remember that have you seen it okay no because it <laughs> i mean, it did not exist like it, it's a very old movie so you know i was just trying to say but that that conversation was epic when the karate kid and that that mr mia again that kid is talking where daniel is so frustrated that that he, whenever he comes to mr miyagi's house he's just giving him some house chores to complete and just asking him to paint the fence and and clean the clean the floor of the uh, of the of the house and clean the car and things like that and this guy he he comes because he wants to learn karate right he walks into this house mr miyagi's house to learn karate but all that he's asking to be done is clean the house do this do that paint the fence and things like that and one day he he gets frustrated and he says i i don't want to do this anymore and then you know we know how how it all happens you know he he asks him that okay show me how to wax on and wax off you remember that conversation show me how to paint the fence and then you know he does all those moves and then by the end of that conversation he's like oh i know karate i wonder if our journey to holiness has got to do with a bit of like that and i'm just trying to set this up because if you and me want to be people that are god centered i truly believe obedience has to play a massive role in our lives everybody say obedience it has to play a massive role in our lives because a god centered life reflects christ through simple obedience if you're taking notes you can write this down a god centered life reflects christ through simple obedience and 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 i deliberately put that word simple over there because sometimes we even think obedience is too difficult for us if you say no just remember the last time you had a conversation with your parents and how that went when it came to doing something or obeying something how was that you don't need to answer that but i'm just throwing it in there but as much as god is a god of you know loving us and expressing his love and his plans to humanity 
His expectations for us often begin with simple steps of obedience. Simple steps of obedience. And, and I'm telling you, there have been so many moments in my life where I have been challenged to obey. And the truth is, I don't feel like doing it. Anybody has experienced that? Like you know that nudge that comes in, but you just don't want to do it because that's how stubborn we are. Or rather that's how ignorant we can be at times. But if you look around, there are always opportunities and moments waiting for us where God is expecting us to obey. I don't know, even as you're seated over here, maybe you're, right now in this moment, you're thinking about the very things that, that you felt that you need to be obeying in the season that you are in, but you have been resisting that. You have been resisting the nudge, you have been resisting the impression that, that maybe you have, that's been laying on your heart or laying on your mind, but I want to tell you, if we carefully look around, there are always opportunities to obey God. Turn to the person who's sitting next to you and say, look around. Look around, because there might be opportunities that already exist. You don't need to create a new opportunity to obey God. Maybe there are already opportunities in your life, the, in the mundane, in the routine, in the regular, where you and me can obey God. Sometimes we think, oh, we need to create this massive five-step process of obedience. But God is saying, start where you are. God is telling you, start where you are. See, because in life, we always focus on the results, right? In our journey, whether it's work, whether whatever it is, we always focus on the results. But in the kingdom, things work from a different perspective. I want you to really understand this. In the kingdom of God, things work from a different perspective. In the kingdom of God, the blessings of obedience are far better than the work of your hands or the sacrifices than you can ever do. I'm not saying this. The Bible says this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And today maybe God really wants to challenge some of you or if not all of you to be obedient in the season where you are, the place where you are, the walk that you're going through. It's time for you and me to stop questioning everything and just maybe be obedient. Not, not to the instructions that you're receiving but be obedient to the nudge of God. Which may also be through instructions. That are around you. Because here's the thing, right? God, in, God intends for our lives to be shaped by His Word. God intends for our lives to be shaped through His Holy Spirit. And I believe God also intends for our lives to be shaped through His community. It's crazy. Sometimes we don't fully understand that. But that's how Jesus is working in our lives where He is expecting Steps of obedience. And if I may say simple steps of obedience. Can everybody say simple steps of obedience? Simple steps. See, it's the act of simple obedience that empowers us to be God-centered. It's the act 
of our obedience to God is act of obedience to our word, through his word to the to the to the leading of his holy spirit that empowers us to be god centered and reflect Jesus because like i said you know we can talk for all the possible weeks about being god centered but if we if we resist to obey there's no point about our discussions and our talks right there's no point at all because when we realize we we were singing about the songs you know we were talking about the sacrifice that that Jesus has done for all of us and what what really struck out is something that i had already penned down that when the band was singing that part is that when we realize the grace that we have received in Christ obedience is never an uphill task i want to say that again because i really want you to get this when we realize the grace that we have received in Christ obedience is never an uphill task so the next time you feel overwhelmed to obey the next time you you want to resist to obey what god is asking you to do whether it's through a community whether it's through his word or whether it's through the leading of the holy spirit just remind yourself of the grace that has been showered over your life church just remind yourself of the love of the unconditional love that has been given to you and to me and to all of us that's the place the simple steps is where we can we can reflect christ i don't know how our, our walk or our talk is during through the week but i want to tell you it's in the daily mundane where we can reflect christ see because obedience to god paves way for god's will in our life it's the obedience our our daily steps of simple obedience that makes us realize and understand what god truly desires and intends for us so it's a very simple question that i'm going to ask you how many of you have desires show of hands wow okay the rest of you are thinking or you're not sure if you have desires when you're thinking okay keep thinking bro now obedience to god is a stepping stone to unveil god's will you know many times i don't know if you have prayed this i've prayed it i don't know how many times god let me know your will for my life and sometimes i'm t- let me be real it's been disappointing when you have prayed it and you don't get any answer right okay one person agrees with with me on that it 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 hurts when you pray that god let me know your will and the silence like just you know and the worst part is even that background music is not playing in your life like at least that in this moment when i'm saying it it sounds soothing but in life when there's silence you don't know what to do but maybe god is trying to really help you and me understand that life is not always about going after your desires maybe life is about pursuing god's will more than your desires because 
sometimes what are our desires we convince ourselves that it is god's will no we convince ourselves and we're good at that we don't need any lawyer in that in those situations right like we can come up with all the possible theories to convince yourself that this is god's will you don't think it's true let every time you prayed let let me date that that person remember how you convinced god that it is your will god i've done that a lot you you're so good at convincing god in those moments that you want to place it above god's will and try to convince him that this is his will for you but but i think coming back and really looking into the fact that about if we are to be a god centered kind of people or if a god centered kind of a person the pursuit of god's will is always greater than the pursuit of our desires the pursuit of god's will is always greater than the pursuit of our desires and i'm telling you as much as we expect this to happen overnight sometimes it takes time and i want to tell you also that we need to allow ourselves and we need to be lenient with ourselves when it comes to this particular time of this particular phase of our life because as much as god is expecting you to fulfill his will he's not saying that i want to kill all the desires of your heart that's not what god is saying when he says go after my will for you because most of the time we are so quick to make that decision that if it if it's about doing god's will it's about putting an end to my desire no that's not what god says maybe what god is trying to tell you is that when you say yes to my plan i'm just trying to refine what you're thinking i'm just trying to to really help you see some of the things that you're not able to see because you are trying to do all of this by yourself in your own strength because it's the pursuit of god that refines your desires and your priorities it's the pursuit of god that helps you distinguish the counterfeit from the authentic because i'm telling you we are living in a world surrounded by counterfeits we are living in a world in a society in in a surrounding we are surrounded with counterfeits we are surrounded with the fakes we are surrounded with everything that's virtual that may not be real but when it comes to the will of god i'm telling you it's authentic when it comes to the plan of god the real plan of god for your life is always real i know it sounds very cliche when i say it but there's there's no better way i thought i could i would want to put it the plan of god the will for your god is real and it is meant for you and me to enjoy that journey not just endure it but enjoy the journey because the more we are in pursuit of god's will we eventually will reach to a place where we are in pursuit of god's heart for you and for me see because that's what exactly jesus did it was it was just the the reverse way you know he he pursued us so much that he thought the cross is the best place to do that for you for me his pursuit for humanity 
was not a massive display of signs, wonders and miracles. His pursuit for humanity was his personal life at the, at the cross. His death and his resurrection. Just so that you and me can get a shot at life. And it's our obedience and it's our, it's our, it's our pursuit to God that births a life of holiness. I told you I just want to bring three simple steps before you. A life of simple obedience, a pursuit of God, and a life of holiness. These three simple things are going to help us to really be a community that is God-centered. See, because I was... Like I said, you know, when we talk about holiness, that word sometimes is so overwhelming. Sometimes it's, it's, we think it's so impossible to do that. But I want to tell you, what if holiness started with simple steps of obedience? What if a life of holiness starts with you and me simply pursuing God's will and pursuing God's heart? Because our lives are a gift purchased by the ransom of death. When Jesus died on the cross, it was not, it was not like any, like, it was a very painful death. And I don't know if you have ever heard this, but if you have not, or this is, you're listening to this after a long time. If there was anyone he had on his mind when he was on that cross, it was you. It was you. So, our lives are, are a gift purchased by the ransom of His death. Which is why I also want to put it out there that holiness sometimes is not optional, but it's a command from God. And this is, this is the part where we may not want to always agree to this, but this is what the Bible says, that holiness is a command, because that's what God says. Be holy, for I am holy. We read that part. And this is what Peter is trying to tell the church that he, the churches that he's writing to is that holiness for you guys is not an option. Holiness for all of us is not an option, but it's a command that God is expecting us to fulfill. But the good news is we don't have to do it in our own strength. We don't have to do it in our own strength. Somebody said this, you are holy to the extent that your life is devoted to Him and your actions reflect His character. Your actions reflect His character. Food for thought. Do our actions reflect God's character through the week? Maybe this is the time where you can talk to the person next to you. Do they? I'm serious. Like, just make them feel a bit more awkward. <laughs> Do they? Really? Because I, I just don't want to go through the core values with us by coming here and talking to you for whatever time that we get to do this segment. We really want to allow our lives to be shaped 
by what we are talking about through the core values. Because I'm telling you, if we are to build this the way God wants it to be built, we need to ask ourselves some real hard questions. Are you guys with me on this? God says, be holy for I am holy. Holiness starts by putting your faith in what Jesus has done for you. Holiness starts by asking the Holy Spirit to come in your life and to help you live a holy life because we know that we can't do this in our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own capacities. So I just want to quickly wrap this up. And I want to quote this famous guy. I, I love reading his articles. This is a guy called John Piper. If you have ever read his work or ever heard him speak, this is what he says. I am not obsessed with holiness because I am holy. I love the holiness of God because it is my only hope. Without His mercy and holiness, there would be no restraint to my wickedness. But we cannot only love Him for His holiness. We must also know and love Him for His loveliness and His excellency in His holiness. Guys, I just want to tell you, I know some of us have been in a place where we feel we can never attain what is said in the Bible. The life of holiness, the purity, the kind of love we ought to display to people. Sometimes it feels too overwhelming that we think the best thing to do is not, not even give it a shot. But what if Jesus is just asking you, can you be... Can you take simple steps of obedience? I'm not asking you to, to pray the kind of prayers that the faith should, if you have the faith to move a mountain and all those kind of prayers. I'm not saying that. But what if God is asking you to take simple steps of obedience? Today, I want to challenge each and every one of us. I want to challenge myself as well. Can we be a community that does not shy away from taking simple steps of obedience? Because I want to tell you, the first step to be God-centered is a life of obedience. If you really want to be God-centered, it starts with simple obedience. Can everybody say it again? Simple obedience. It starts with simple obedience. I, I pray and I hope that God right now is challenging you the very areas where you can start being obedient, simply obedient. See, because when we realize the potential and the purpose of God's grace in our lives, living a God-centered life is not just endured, but it is embraced. For some of you, I don't know where you stand right now, can I encourage you to start or restart the journey to obey God's command. Pursuing His will over the desires of our life to live a life of holiness. That's all that I wanted to put across to you this evening, even as we wrap up the value of God-centeredness. Simple steps of obedience 
that can lead you to understand God's will for your life which eventually results in a life of holiness. I believe that's what it means for a community to be God-centered where Christ is always at your core. Whether you're going through the highs, whether you're going through the lows, whether you're going through the good days or the bad days, whether you're going through something that is everything is working out for you, whether or nothing is working out for you, Christ is still at your core. Because you and me recognize the power, you and me recognize the grace that has been released over your life. Let's just pray. But I want to give a few minutes to each of us to just introspect what are some of the areas that you can be obedient in you don't need to you don't need to share them with us but maybe if you know it for yourself that'll be the best place if you don't know it can you allow god to speak to you because i believe he can do that right now in this place Hey, thank you for joining us today. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Zealous Pune or visit us at our website, zealous.community, to know more about us.